got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com so for the most part, y'all know this already, but I love connecting with other dope women and having those conversations that I feel that the listeners can either benefit from because these conversations are going to either relate to the professional or the homegirl within you. So this week's episode, I really want to send some encouragement to my professional women out there that want to excel within their careers. I feel like right now, everybody think, everybody feels like entrepreneurship is a thing to do. It's sexy. And I just want to send some encouragement to those who want to grow within their company or within their career. And they might be having difficulty with leveraging with the skills that they already have. So if you are a professional woman, please make sure to listen to this episode, get your notepad out. If you want to connect with my guests, hit me up, email me or DM me, or even to the guys out there. But she was just so dope. And even as I'm transitioning into being an entrepreneur I even thought that the conversation was super informative and insightful and just like inspiring like she got my whole life together so I really hope that y'all enjoyed this week's episode and hit me up let me know what y'all think because you know I'm always looking for a good kiki child (laughs) and until next time later welcome you are now listening to the professional homegirl Professional. Hey, professional. 
homegirls. It's the kid Ebene from the PhD podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PhD podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five-star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl and at the PhD Podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD Podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. As always, I am super excited about this week's episode. My guest today is a doctor, a writer, a professor, a speaker, and a career development strategist who thrives at the intersection of storytelling, career, and community development amongst women. So to my guest, how are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Of course. How has the pandemic been treating you? Um, well, I mean, more nearly a million people have died over the course of the last year, um, and I have so much sympathy um, and empathy for the life was lost and the families um, who just have gaps, right, in their, um, around their dinner tables, you know, in their homes, um, and that loss is just immense. It's, it's even hard to fathom what that is because the numbers are so large. Um, and so I have like a lot of empathy and sort of sadness and sorrow for, for all of the lives lost and all of the people just in general who haven't lost their life, but who have been severely impacted uh, by the pandemic. But I would say me personally, I'm really grateful um, that I have built a career that I love and I've been able to sustain that career and help other women and um, their careers thrive despite the challenging economic situation, despite the raging pandemic and the spite of um, racial injustice that plagues our country even more so um, because we've been cooped up in the house because of pandemic and there's so much fear and, and skepticism now as well. So um, I'm grateful to say that I've thrived over the last year, but I have so much empathy for those who haven't. Yeah. Now for those who need clarification, what is a career coach and what do you specialize in? Sure. So I would say generally a career coach is someone who's going to provide you with direction and support um, and specific targeted strategies to help you advance your career. My specific work um, in my work, I primarily work with professional women, those in corporate, nonprofit and educational leadership, and I provide them with specific strategies and have more impact in their career. My work is specifically targeted around helping women make at minimum $10,000 more than their current salary. Um, although many of my mentees are seeing $20,000, $30,000 salary increases and to help them learn how to advocate for themselves and position themselves for the highest levels of leadership. Um, and I have two programs in which I do that in, a Mentor Me Accelerator, which is a six-week fast-paced career advancement accelerator for new and mid-level professional women. Um, and that's where really I'm helping women understand what they're good at, understand how to articulate their value. I help make sure that their values um, and their expertise is showing up well on their materials, their cover letter, their resume, their LinkedIn. We talk interview strategy, negotiation strategy, um, and first 90 days on the job so they can start with success and 
new roles. And then I also have a Mentor Me Mastermind that's more for mid-level and senior level professional women. And the mastermind is specifically designed to help women advance to the highest levels of leadership. Those are for women who are looking to get out of middle management. They're really looking for director level roles, um, AVP roles, vice president roles, um, chief managing officer roles. And those are in that program, it's a six month executive coaching program. And there I'm really talking about high level leader mindset strategies and career development strategies like supervision and using data to tell stories and project management and office politics so that you can operate at the highest levels of leadership. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> what, what, inspired you to, what inspired you to become a, a career coach? I have been working in corporate nonprofit and educational leadership for nearly 15 years. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of expertise in this space. Um, and I thought that everyone knew what I knew. <laughs> but about a year and a half ago, I was helping a friend prepare for an interview. It's really good. Like, this is transformative. I've never thought of it this way, or I've never thought to do it this way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, this is just how you do it. And she's like, no, everyone doesn't know this. Like, this is, this is expert level knowledge like uh, people aren't thinking about it this way they aren't they don't know to do it the way you're teaching you should teach people this and I was like mm, I don't know I, I feel like this is common knowledge and she was like no it's not um and so what I did was I just expanded my brand I uh, started as a podcaster like you I host a weekly podcast called School and Life um and on School and Life I started to talk about mentorship and career development and my my listeners were loving it and they were like um and over time I've been able to build um and grow my business business um, in this space and, and offer small group executive coaching and career development um, strategy sessions for professional women to help them advance their careers in the same ways that I've been able to do for myself. And I also watch your live. Very uh, relatable. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that a lot of women believe that they have to be someone else or be different than they already are to advance to the highest levels of leadership. They are plagued by imposter syndrome. They don't see anybody like them in their industry. They don't know that they can do this. They have fallen to all the myths of career development. Oh, this industry doesn't make any money or, oh, there are no jobs out there or, oh, you have to go get another degree, another certification and $30,000 more of debt, um, student loan debt to advance your mm. career. That's just not true. I help professional women make more money and have more impact in their careers using what they already have, the skills that they already have, the degree the credentials, the expertise that they already have. And I do that being exactly who I am, never fronting, never putting on, um, operating in complete authenticity and teaching other women to do the same. Mm -hmm. What were some challenges you faced in your career development? I think the biggest challenge I faced in my career development is learning how to manage up and lead from where I am. I think that I got to a point in my career where I was like mid-level leadership. I was like a coordinator, specialist, assistant director, those kind of roles. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had enough power and influence to not be at the bottom rung, but I didn't have enough power and influence to really get people to listen to me. They were like, okay, yeah, that's cute girl. Pat on the mm. head, keep it moving. Right. And I knew that I had really great innovative ideas and ways to move the organization forward, but no one was really listening to me. I was waving my hands, 
hey, hey, over here. Hey, I have a good idea. But they were like, okay, that's cute. Next. And I was making probably about $30,000 less than I should have been um, at the time. Mm. And so I was like, how do I manage up? How do I leave from where I am? How do I get people to pay attention to me? How do I like, you know, like get to a higher level of leadership? And honestly, you know, once I mastered those skills and I learned how to do that, that's actually why I developed the mastermind. I started mentoring around the accelerator level, really helping new and mid-level professional women, really talking about job search strategy, interview strategy, negotiation strategy. Like that's where I started my business. But what I learned is that that was great for those new and mid-level professional women. But then there's this whole group of women who are in the murky middle, who know how to write a strong um, you know, mm -hmm. cover letter, who feel really good about their salary negotiation strategies. But what they need is how do I get out of middle management? How do I get my organization to notice me and pay me like the expert that I literally am? And that's why I created the mastermind because that was a challenge I was experiencing. Like I couldn't get anyone to listen. And then once I refined my strategies and I got them to listen to me, then I started applying those strategies to my mentees, right? And I was like, <laughs> right. hey, I have, a, I have a framework to get people to listen to you. I have a framework to get out of that assistant director, associate director role and really get to those senior level director, vice president, AVP level role. Like I have a framework for that and I can teach I, I've taught the mastermind um, twice before. I'm recruiting new mentees for it right now. And I'm just so grateful that like this isn't, I mean, I have a PhD in education, as you mentioned, but this isn't something that I learned through my PhD program. This is something that I've learned through my career, you mm -hmm. know, and, 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 and I've now been able to refine it into a framework that I can teach other women. And, and that feels like a really proud moment. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I feel that passion. Uh, what are some common mistakes that women make that, that you feel like hold them back professionally? I think the most common mistake is that women don't know how to clearly articulate what they're good at. And mm. so they are just saying things like, I'm a team player, I'm creative, I'm passionate. And what they don't realize is that that commentary no one's listening, no one's paying attention, no one cares, because you know what employers aren't looking for is someone who's passionate. No employer is posting a job posting like we're looking for a passionate, like that's right. not, or employers have problems. Their job posting is a literal problem. It's a problem that they have and they're looking for a solution. You are the solution, at least you should be, right? You should be positioned as a solution. And too often women are like just talking generally about like what skills they have or what, you know, like I'm a team player, I'm passionate, I'm a hard worker. And that's not getting them anywhere. And, and what's true is that those are things that are true about them, but they don't know how to articulate at a higher level of leadership. They don't know to call themselves to, to describe their skill set is that they're great at stakeholder engagement and strategic thinking. They don't understand that they need to be able to position themselves as an energetic and empathetic leader. They don't need, they don't know that they need to articulate their skill sets around futuristic thinking and project management and using data to tell stories, right? Those are things that I teach in my accelerator and in my mastermind. And once women, not only like, because what's true is that so many of you all already have the skills, you already have the level of expertise, but what you're missing is your ability to clearly confidently and concisely articulate what you're good at and your ability to solve a problem in a meaningful way. Because that's the difference between someone who has a lot of degrees and has a lot of credentials and is going nowhere and someone who's advancing to the highest levels of leadership. It's through, through skill articulation. And that's what I teach in my programs. And that what I find often is the missing link for professional women. It's not that you don't have the degree. It's not that you don't have the credential or the expertise. It's that you're not well articulated and positioned in the marketplace. 
Well, that was my next question. <laughs> so I noticed that I was reading something about you and I was doing um, research on you. And I noticed that you said that you experienced imposter syndrome as well. So can you explain what imposter syndrome is and how you overcame it? Yeah. And I would say I haven't overcame it. So really? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It doesn't go away. And I think that one of the, that's one of the things I want women to know. So imposter syndrome is the belief that you're not good enough, that you don't belong in the room years of experience and expertise and your degree and all the pats on the back that you've gotten up to this point, you mm -hmm. still don't think you're good enough to do the work in a meaningful way. That's what imposter syndrome is. And it doesn't go away. And so if you are like, how can I just get imposter syndrome to go away? How can I move beyond imposter syndrome? Like, girl, you're playing a losing game. I have nearly 15 years of professional experience. I have a PhD in my field. I've mentored hundreds of women um, across the country in over a year and a half of my business. I've made over $100,000 in my business. I made over $100,000 in my career. And I had imposter syndrome this morning. Right. Like mm. it, it exists in the world. You're never going to get over it. What you need to do is learn how to use imposter syndrome to your advantage. Those feelings of nervousness or I don't belong in the room or is this right for me? Those are actually warning signs that might be telling you it's time to move on from this career, from this industry, from this functional area. If every time you have a challenging conversation, you are experiencing imposter syndrome, that need, means that you need to learn how to manage up. It doesn't mean mm. that you should just be like, you should be like, oh, I'm scared. I, you know, I don't know what to do. Let me crumble. Let me shrink. Let me hide. It means that you need to learn a skill. There's, like managing up and leading from where you are and having challenging conversations is a skill. And too often we're like, okay, I need another degree. I need another certification. I need another credential. None of those are teaching you how to have the challenging conversations that you need to have, how to advocate for yourself, how to speak up for yourself, right? Those are skills. And even though I have those skills, I teach those skills. Imposter syndrome still comes up because it's a thing that exists in the world. You know, we live in a patriarchal, um, you know, society, which tells women in particular that our value is very little, that it's very limited. I identify as a black woman. Um, I'm short in stature. People discount me all the time. It's just a thing, right? It, that, mm -hmm. That's never, that's, I mean, well, maybe one day it will go away, but you know, racism, sexism, ageism, all those things exist. And they're not going to magically disappear because you're proud of yourself and because you have a degree. What, what I want women to do instead is to learn how to advocate for themselves, how to speak up for themselves, how to articulate their skill set in a way that they can combat imposter syndrome. Because for example, this morning, when I had to send an email and managing up and advocating for myself and my staff to my boss, and I hit send on the email, I was like, ooh, I don't know how this is going to go. See, I would see what she say. And I was still nervous, even though I have a great relationship with my supervisor and I've managed up and I've advocated for myself before. But even still, it sometimes pops up, right? So but we have to move through imposter syndrome. We're never going to get over it. We're not going to dismiss it. There's no, no way that it goes away, but we can navigate it. And what's great is because I managed up and because I led from where I was and because I operated in authentic authenticity and because I didn't shrink when I had you know when my staff member you know told me what happened I knew I had to advocate because I didn't shrink my boss within an hour emailed me back right and so even though I felt the imposter syndrome I was able to navigate through that not shrink it not hide it not push it down not jump over it walk right through it and get the result that I was looking for to advocate for myself and my team mm. so what would you say is the main reason why people get stuck within their career is it because of, it's a skill that they missing no, it's typically not skill related. Most women get stuck out of fear, shame, or lack of direction and knowledge. So the fear mm -hmm. is like fear of the unknown. I don't know what's next. Um, I'm not sure if I can do what's next. 
Um, I know what's next, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> Shame. Mm. Like I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too disabled. I'm too uh, big, too small. I don't live in the right city, right? Like the shame of, I should have done this. I should have done that. Like mm. there's fear, shame. And then there's lack of support and direction. So many women do not have mentors. They just don't have women in their lives who can provide them with the expert level direction and support that they need, right? Mm -hmm. That's a gap. That's a skill set. And that's, that's what I do. This is why I do this work because I am a mentor. I'm here to help you and provide you with the direction and support that you need to advance your career. Or they have mentors, but their mentors aren't providing any substantive like support. It's like, oh, maybe you should do this, call this person. Have you thought about this? But they're not providing strategy. They provide ideas. Maybe mm. at the most they drop in gems or, oh, that's 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 awesome. And you write it on a post-it and then you throw it in your purse and you forget about it. You need someone to walk alongside that's you. A fact. You need someone who's gonna provide you with ongoing support, who's gonna be there to 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 provide you with that wraparound engagement. And that's the level of support that I provide as a mentor through mentor me. Because I have a lot of ideas. I need the strategy to get yes. to, to implement those ideas and make some money off of them so I can be able to do more things. You and every other woman in, in the world. <laughs> right? So when would you say is the right time to make a transition in one's career? Now. Whenever you... Here we go, like, y'all. Yeah, right now. <laughs> like, if you're like, like, for any reason, right? Like, let's say you're not making enough money. Or let's say you're not having enough impact. Or let's say um, you're having trouble like managing up and really leading from where you are. Let's say you feel unmotivated, un uninspired, unengaged in your current position. Let's say you feel overwhelmed and fatigued in your job search and it's not yielding any results. Let's say you continue to, you do, you are applying for jobs and you're even getting callbacks, but then you, then you talk to the people and like, this job isn't for me. This is not even the field I wanna work in. This job isn't gonna make me any money. The moment that you, like, and actually I would say it's before that you realize it. At every, at every point in your career development, you should have a mentor, a high level, expert level mentor. I have two. I love my job. I've been in my job for more than five years. I mentor hundreds of women and I have two mentors, right? Like there's never a point in your career development that where you don't need to be invested your career development. So the time to have a mentor, the time to make the advancements in your career, the time is now. Mm. So in what ways can someone play office politics so that it's beneficial to them in the long run? So office politics, and I think that what's true about office politics is that the only thing that people know about them is that they're bad. I hate mm -hmm. politics. You know, someone did something to me and I didn't like it. Politics, I don't have time. I did a lot about this recently. I don't have time to play games. I don't play games, right? You know, this, this kind of <laughs> attitude that people have. And I'm like, you, you're not playing games, but you're playing yourself. Right. Like you think that often you only know about the bad side of office politics. All you know is about the lying and the sucking up and the rumors. And you think that that's what office politics is. You literally think that you think that the only thing office politics is good for is for sucking up and for rumors and for lies and manipulation and for people trying to get to the top and position themselves and posture themselves in front of the boss. What you don't know is that there's a whole other side to office politics, which looks like positioning yourself as a highly capable, high achieving professional who gets things done. There's mm. a whole nother side to office politics, which will allow you to have your ideas taken seriously, which will allow you to influence the what decisions that other people make in the office that will help you position yourself to a higher level of leadership and actually get your, get your contributions recognized by the organization, 
right? But because you don't play games, quote unquote, or you don't got time to be in people's face or whatever you whatever excuse you're using right now <laughs> to not really engage in politics and not actually invest to learn how to use them in a meaningful way, you play yourself. Right. Mm. And so you only know the bad side. You think it's it, it and then and then you're mad because you're like, oh, so and so got a promotion over me and so they playing favorites. You're not playing at all. You're not even playing the game. You're not even in the game. Because mm. your ego, your ego has you so standoffish, so hurt, so you know, whatever that you are, won't even engage in the professional development that you need to learn how to use office politics to your advantage. And so this is something that I teach in the mastermind. This is session um, nine of the mastermind. I teach um, how to leverage office, po office politics to get what you want. And there are four um, strategies in using office politics that I teach my mentees and how to not only learn the strategies, strategies, but then we implement them. And for weeks in the mastermind, you will implement them. You will, I have scripts for you. You will have conversations with different stakeholders in your organization so you can learn how to politic, so you can test it, so that you can make the advancements you need so that you can get what you want in your career. And what most women want is more money, more visibility, Mm -hmm. um, high, you know, um, you know, higher level um, levels of leadership, more authority in their work, right? So whatever that is, we've developed a roadmap which offers politics for you to get that. I know you be giving it to your mentees. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and they be getting it, right? They like I get it and they get it. They are I work with I and I joke about this all the time with them, but I attract the highest achieving women on the internet. I mean, like I like if it's a if it's a high achieving woman, I'm I, I she's in one of my programs. I have a mentee right now, Ivy. Ivy is like a 20 plus year like um nurse educator. She has a bachelor's degree two master's degrees. She's working on her second PhD. She's a freaking rock star. But like so many other women, Ivy has all these degrees, two decades worth of experience and has no idea how to use the degrees. No mm. idea how to package all of this level of expertise and deliver it to an employer. I want that never to happen to another woman again. I want to teach you. I don't, I mean, I, I'm serving Ivy well. She would tell you that, right? But I don't want to, I don't want you to wait until you get to Ivy level. I want to work with you, you know, with the first degree or maybe the second one, right? Like, I don't want to, I don't, we should have to wait until you desperate. You got to get you and you working on your sixth degree to try right. to help and learn how to use them. Let's learn how to use them now. Let's and stop then, playing. Mm -hmm, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and at that point, you're still feeling like you don't have enough when you already have enough. That's it. That's it. And, it's, and the difference is, is that I think that society and I get it right. Society has told black women that mm. in order to be worthy, you must have a piece of paper and your worthiness is tied to your educational attainment, which is why now black women out earn degrees by any other gender and race segment. We earn more degrees than white men. Mm -hmm. But period. We earn more degrees than white women than any other racial demographic. But we are still the lowest earners. Mm -mm. right and it's because of leverage it's because of positioning it's also because of you know systematic racism but because I can't fix all of that what I am going to do is teach you how to advocate with what you have so and half you the white no go, Sorry, go ahead no you go ahead no I was going to say half the white men don't even have degrees so <laughs> let's speak on it let's speak on it right and we know that like white privilege is a thing we I'm not pretending that systematic racism doesn't, doesn't exist what I am mm. saying is let's be strategic with what we have Let's position on what we have, right? I have a PhD. I'm never going to tell you, forget education. It's not important. That would be inauthentic. But what I am going to tell you is that when I, when I was earning my PhD, I 
was gonna what was in, what, what was gonna end up happening, and I'm so gr- grateful that it did. not I had great mentors to provide me with direction. But what what was gonna end up happening is that I was gonna have a PhD, and I was gonna have like two years of experience, and I still was gonna be stuck in the middle management, murky middle, because I didn't I didn't know how to leverage. I didn't have any experience. I had all these degrees and all these credentials, but I didn't know how to leverage. Now that I've learned how to leverage, now I can teach you how to do the same. Mm. So how important is it for someone to align their values with a potential employer's values? Um, I don't know that it's important for you to align your values mm-hmm. with your potential employers. I think it's important to identify if a potential employer has similar values to you. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I teach my mentees in um, both the Accelerator and the Mastermind is in session two of both programs, we talk about values and career area of impact. So values are the like your personal compass, right? These are the things that guide your decision making. For example, I value autonomy and support, right? If, if I can't do what I want to do when I want to do it, I don't want to do it. Right. That's autonomy, <laughs> right? Like that's autonomy. I don't, I, that's like my like little saying or whatever. And it's true. Like my life is patterned after autonomy. This is why mm. I won't be nobody's bridesmaid because that's your day. And, that, and on that day, I got to do what you want to do. And I don't want to do that. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to do it, period. Okay. So like, and then support, like I need people to support me. I need cheerleaders. I need, you know, this is why I, I invest in my career development. I have mentors for that. I need direction and support. I have bosses, right? Like they provide me with direction and support. And so um, that is critical. And I think that what, what ends up happening is that like we don't have that level of direction and support and then we and when we're like job searching and, and when you're looking for an employer you need to know those values so I, I for example it would not be good for me to likely go work in the governmental sector right because that that sector doesn't provide a lot of autonomy it's lockstep there are rules directions levels mm. right like there's all these and so i'm not going to go look for a high level government job that wouldn't be ideal for me but in the education sector, which is where I work, in addition to running my business full time, I'm able to have a lot of autonomy. There's a lot of innovation and, and, and uh, um, opportunity for growth and advancement. That's a good industry for me. So, but sometimes you're like, oh, it's imposter syndrome. Oh, it's imposter syndrome. No, sis, you're in the wrong industry. We mm. need to sh- shift you to a nonprofit industry, or maybe we need to shift you to the tech space, or maybe we need to shift you to um, the public sector. You, you think it's imposter syndrome. You think you need another degree. You think this and that. And what you don't know is that you just need to go through session two of the accelerator or the mastermind so you can identify what your values are so that we can measure the definition, the, um, the alignment and the like strength of those values. And then we can tie them to careers, both industries, impact areas, functional areas and position titles. And we do that in session two so that you don't have to try to align your values with the organization, but moreover, right? Moreover, you're looking to identify which organizations have values that are aligned with yours. Man, that was a bar. You don't have imposter syndrome. You just ain't found what you want to do. Oh, <laughs> man, no, I'm serious. That's so true because you can't be in a government position and think you could just do what you want to do. That's just not going to work. Right, right. And so many women get so discouraged. They're like, right, I should go back to school. Right. I can get another student loan. Girl, you just need to pay like, like, the like I when I helped Quiana get a $30,000 salary increase. <laughs> yes. like, I mean, like, like when I helped her secure that 30k increase, she wasn't like, like, it, she didn't she was lacking nothing. 
She was lacking nothing except for her ability to clearly articulate her skills and ask for what she wants. I taught her that the, the, the people offered her a $30,000 salary in, or a, in a new role, an, um, a, a $30,000 salary increase. And she asked them, were they sure? They were like, well, she's like, did you know, you know, only have this degree. Only this girl. I'm like, girl, don't do nah, that. Nah, girl, you don't do that now. I know that part. That's, you don't need a skill I'm to know like, that, Brianna. We had a wrap-up call, and she, she was telling me this. I'm like, Kiana, now I know you didn't almost turn down. She was like, I just want to make sure. I wanted to make sure. I didn't know if they knew. <laughs> hey, I know you had to get her together on that one, because, girl, don't turn no money down, child. <laughs> I got her together. She accepted the role. And now, actually, she's gone on to um, apply and accept a um, a PhD, right? So she's in a, she's just started a PhD program. I'm so proud of her, but I'm so proud that she now has a salary increase to support, you know, mm -hmm. this new degree or, and, and actually her current organization is paying for it. So what she could, what she, what so many other women do, right, is that they don't invest in their career development. They're too scared. They don't, oh, I don't have it. Well, maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to wait till this person, this person gonna put me on. You wait, you wait, you wait. And then you, then you go and take out $60,000 in a student loan debt. Right. Mm. But what Kiana did was got the position, got them to pay for the degree and got a $30,000 salary increase. She basically made $90,000 <laughs> mm. off of me. <laughs> and I'm so proud of her. Right. I'm so proud. And I'm so proud to serve women at that level to help them realize those benefits for themselves. And I know that got to be a good feeling for you. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. So let's talk about gaslighting. What is gaslighting and what does that look like at work? Sure. So gaslighting is basically, it's defined as what women experience when they're told they're not enough, that they're not good enough, that their skills, that their expertise isn't valued. And it can look like a lot of different things, honestly. And, and one mm -hmm. of the things that I that I found um, was true about my um, mentees is that they often are being gaslit and don't even know it, right? They, 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 they have heard of gaslighting in like relationships, for example. Let's mm -hmm. say you have a partner and they're like, oh, you mad? Or what you mad about? Or you always crying after they hurt you, after they hit you, if you're in an abusive relationship, right? You, you know what gaslighting looks like in that space. But, when, but what gaslighting looks like in your career development is it looks like lies. Oh, well, you didn't do that. You didn't have any part in that when they know you did. It looks like usurping. Like, it looks mm -hmm. like you, them literally taking your idea and being like, oh, um, you know, uh, I was working on this late last night when you know you, when they know you were working on it late, late, late last night. They literally took the file from your computer and presented it as their own. It looks like fake concern, right? Like, oh, how's your little project going? How's that mm -hmm. little thing you were doing? I know that I know last week you had a tough conversation with the boss. How are things going? Right? Like they're not really concerned about you. They don't they don't really support you. It's all fake. It's all lies. It's all just fake concern. It looks like dismissiveness, right? Like mm -hmm. what you do doesn't matter. Oh, that doesn't matter. That's not important here. Oh, you're mad for no reason. It's not that serious, right? Mm -hmm. And these gaslighting tactics can really tear you down both emotionally. Right. Like it, it can tear you down emotionally, have you, um, you know, second guessing yourself, uncertain of yourself. But it also has a lot of professional women like um, like mental, like not only does it affect them like emotionally, but it also has them affecting their work performance. 
Mm-hmm. Now they're not really showing up at work. Now they're not raising their hand. Now they're not asking questions. Now they're not doing their best work. Exactly. Somebody's just going to manipulate them. Someone's just going to steal their work. Somebody's just mm-hmm. going to pretend they didn't do it. And so this is what I really fear for professional women. Not only is it impacting your mental health, right? And your, your anxiety and depression and all of that bubbling up, but it also starts to affect your work performance. And that's going to ruin your reputation, girl. That's not, mm-hmm. if you start letting gaslighting <laughs> affect you to the point that you're not doing well in your role, you can't even move to a new role because you ain't got three bad performance reviews, right? And so we have to get out of organizations that are gaslighting us when people are like, uh, you're no good without me. Or if you do that, you're going to regret it. Or make sure you uh, loop me into this when they don't got nothing to do with them, right? When, if we, when we let people impact us like that in our, in our roles, it can impact our work performance. And that is bad for your long-term career goals. Mm. And I love your message when you say don't stay in your lane. Why do you say that? Stay in your lane is a tactic and a tool that people use to gaslight women to keep them small. I'm Mm -hmm. not staying in my lane. All the lanes are mine. I will choose which lane I desire to be in. Sometimes I am advocating on the behalf of my staff. Sometimes I'm using data to tell the story of my staff. Sometimes I'm having challenging conversations with a senior level leader to advocate for my team. Sometimes I'm, um, you know, uh, presenting and, um, you know, you know, teaching and training and like educating others in my industry. Like this whole stay in your lane thing is like limiting. And Mm -hmm. I think that one of the reasons why work, the world of work gets a bad oh, you know, there's no creativity. There's no flexibility. That's your career. In my career, there's lots of flexibility. There's lots of creativity. There's <laughs> lots of room to grow. I don't like, just because it doesn't exist for you doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And too mm. often, stay in your lane is used to limit women, professional women in particular, to keep them small, to keep them mm-hmm. not expanding. I'm expanding, honey. I'm growing and I won't stay in any lane. I won't stay in any box that anyone's designed for me. And you also speak about the importance of community when it comes to mentorship, sponsors, and accomplices. So how does one go about finding each person? So if you're looking for a mentor, I'm here to serve you. Yes, <laughs> yes, And you absolutely. can find me um, right on my website at mentor-me.org. Uh, there you can schedule a mentor moment with me. It'll be an opportunity for us to hop on a phone call and talk. And I'm looking forward to connecting with your audience around that. Sponsors are people who uh, maybe work in your industry or even in your organization who are higher up than you typically. This is gonna be someone who's at a higher level than you. And this is someone who basically knows about your work and can signal boost your work in places that matter. People who are gonna signal boost you, who are gonna say your name in rooms, who are gonna bring you into a conversation that you're not in. Um, and these people you can find by paying attention to the field, right? Like who's, who, who at work do other people listen to? Who um, you know, is at the head of the table? Who is like silently moving and shifting the room, even um, if they aren't the the loudest talking in the room, right? Um, And it doesn't have to be within your organization. You can have sponsors outside of your organization. Who is in the, you know, monthly regional newsletter or who, you know, like these kinds of things. It doesn't have to be someone just in your organization. It can be someone without, but a sponsor is absolutely needed to signal boost you. And then finally, um, we have accomplices. So these are our colleagues who are in the trenches with us. Typically they're within your organization, but they don't have to be. And this is one that I think a lot of 
people take for granted, right? Everybody looking for somebody to put them on. Um, and mm. even for like in, in the mentorship space, right? Like you, I tell people, yeah, you definitely need to have a mentor, but you also need accomplices. You need people who are in the trenches with you. You need somebody who's gonna be like, hey, did you get that email? Hey, did you hear that? Oh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I would be careful around them because of this or that. And you don't have to take their word as gold, but too often, I think somewhere along the line, black women got the notice, like, don't say none of these people that work. Keep your head down. Work hard. Don't say no, don't build no relationships. That's lame. Like that's not that's not working anymore. That's not that's an old strategy. And I want everybody to dead that. Like agree with me now that you will dead that. Agree with me that you will ask for help. Agree with me that you will connect with accomplices, with sponsors, with mentors who can help you. Putting your head down and doing the work is a grind. Not a strategic tactic. It's not a long-term strategy. So I want you to lift your head up and raise your hand and ask for some help. Yes, yes. Um, I feel like entrepreneurship is sexy now and it gets a lot of gets a lot of attention when it comes to conversations surrounding legacy. Why do you think this conversation is not common for professional women or they're not included in the conversation? Yeah, you know, I, that's a good question. I feel like, <laughs> and I'll have to be honest and transparent here, the whole legacy thing for me is kind of like, I mean, I guess, like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, and I think it's because Um, I don't have any children and I don't really believe in children as like a concept. So the whole legacy thing for me, I just thought was reserved for parents. I just kind of felt like, oh, Mm. like legacy, that's for people who try to have some kids and I try to have no kids. So I just figured it wasn't for me. But the thing that I'm starting to realize is that legacy is about um, impact. Mm -hmm. Legacy is about impact. And whether or not I have children or not, I want to leave a lasting impression on my industry, on my functional area, on the people that I serve, on my organization. And that is legacy, right? Those standard operating procedures that you're building, those could be at your organization for 5, 10, 15 years and still be valued, right? The great work that you're doing in supervising and managing and leading your team can leave a legacy of how people should be treated in this organization. I have colleagues that I've worked with who have since retired, who I have one in particular, her name is Peggy. Peggy taught me the power of silence, right? Mm. Like through Peggy, I have learned how to get what I want by being real quiet. And Mm. I teach women how to manage up and how to navigate and how to advocate for themselves. But I also teach them how to use silence to their advantage because Peggy taught it to me. She left a legacy and she did that at work. (laughs) Right? Mm. And so I think that like, I think that we're left out of the conversation because everybody's talking about an LLC and using a PPP loan to like, I don't know, own a business or a building or whatever. But I, <laughs> but I think there's also an opportunity for nine to fivers, working women to build a legacy by leaving something for your industry, your organization and the people you serve to leverage long after you're gone. Mm. And last but not least, I love this topic. So I think this is a great way to end the show. What are some lies that's been told when it comes to advancing in your career? Oh, gosh. That you I know. To, <laughs> right? This is one of my favorite topics, too. too. Um, I would say some of the biggest lies is that you need a, another degree to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the only way that you can advance your career is if you um, get another degree. I think the another one that's often told is that... Um, your transferable, like you can't transfer your skills from one industry to another. Like, well, if you have a degree in this field, you can't use it in this field. And if you have um, this skill set, it's not going to transfer over here, right? Like women, like the world of work is much more fluid than people realize. 
Um, and I think a lot of women get stuck or nervous or scared um, because someone told them that they couldn't leverage their existing skills to get what they want. Um, my least favorite one, particularly right now, is like there are no jobs out there or, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, so first of all, the, why, the reason why this makes me most angry um, is because we're only looking for one job, right? Like, I'm not typically working with women who are looking for a whole, like, two or three jobs. They're just looking for one job. So mm-hmm. the whole, there are no jobs out there. We're only looking for one. And honestly, in my program, I tell my mentees this all the time. If, when you go through my program, particularly the accelerator, you're likely only going to apply to two or three jobs. And you're going to get two to three interviews, two to three offers, and you're going to choose one of the jobs, right? Because it works. Like, it, it, we don't need to apply for 100 jobs. It's strategic. <laughs> we're not we're not casting a wide net, and that's I think the last one that I'll share. This idea that you need to cast a wide net, that you need to put yourself out there, that you need to network and and see who's who and smooth and do all of this stuff. That is not strategic. That's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's Man. literally exhausting. Let me teach you a better way, a more strategic way, a more targeted way. Where in 90, 90 minutes a week, you can find and secure the kind of jobs you're looking for, get at minimum a $10,000 salary increase and move on. Mm. And I think one of my favorite ones was uh, waiting two years to move on. And you was like, misery loves company. <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's like, I, I, I hear a lot around like, um, you know, well, I got to wait. I got to wait till this time. And I got to wait right. till that time. And, and I, I just had dinner with a friend last night or whatever. And she was like, oh, my God, I've been in your current job for like five years. That's wild. Or whatever. I was like, I know, right? Because my friends used to joke that I couldn't keep a job. Every 18 months, honey, I would be out. I was bored. If I was bored, then I was out. Right? I'm going to stay in a job she doesn't want to be in. That's, that's like my literal life motto. And my friends would be like, oh, girl, that's going to be bad for your career. And nobody going to want to hire you. I have been hired every time I wanted to be hired. <laughs> ain't no, I ain't, I'm missing out on nothing, okay? I'm missing out on nothing. And so too often, we think, well, we got to wait to the point of desperation. We got to wait until things are falling apart. I got to stay here two years because ain't nobody, that's just not true. It's not true. It's not true for me. It's been not, it's not been true for my mentees. At the moment, when you're strategic, at the moment that you want to secure a new role, you will. Because you're going to be well positioned, you're going to be positioned as a top candidate. You're going to know what problems you're going to you can solve. You're going to work to identify employers who are have those problems, and then you're going to get the offer. And after negotiation, um, you're going to accept an offer that's aligned with your skill sets. Period. Mm. And so and I think I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say there are just so many myths out there, and mm-hmm. you know I could spend my entire career in my business like dispelling myths, but I, I can show you better than I can, you know, I can show you better than I can tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I would tell, like, tell my mentees, like I do, I do a lot of myth busting and I, and I do some of those kind of videos and they're very popular. Like people love them, but the, the, you know, the $18,000 salary increase Simone got the $20,000 salary increase Janine got the $30,000 salary increase Quiana got the, the freedom that Tahita now has in her career development. Like there's just so many results from my mentees um, and they really speak for themselves. So I always tell my mentees, I can show you better than I can tell you. And last but not least, I'm just curious, would you work with entrepreneurs? Um, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't, I don't really work with with entrepreneurs um i just think that that would be a little out of integrity for me i i have um (laughs) i have i have i have like two mentees who are entrepreneurs um and i do i mean i've built my business um a very successful business over the last year and a half something i'm very proud of 
Um, but I, I think what's true is that I've learned a lot. I have several business coaches, like three of them. Um, and I've learned a lot from them. And so it would be operating a little bit out of integrity to be like, oh, like I also mentor, you know, women in business, mm. maybe in the future, maybe it went once I, um, I'm able to like grow my career development business, um, into, um, you know, like a seven figure business, right? Like okay. at that point, maybe I am, you know, once it's a million dollar entity, I might be able to like, okay, well, I built a million dollar entity. Maybe at that point, I'll, I'll be, you know, willing to talk to other people about those strategies. But I think that right now I am really focused on women in career. Well, I think this was an amazing conversation. I mean, you definitely inspired me. And I mean, I definitely want to be an entrepreneur. Well, I'm transitioning to entrepreneurship. So that's the reason why I asked you because I just love your energy. I watch your lives. <laughs> I follow you and everything. So I really appreciate you taking the time out because I can only imagine how busy you are. And to my listeners, if you want to con- connect with my guests, please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com. And I really appreciate it. I think this was amazing. I thought that this episode was super informative because a lot of women don't want to be entrepreneurs and they do want to excel in their career. So I really appreciate you taking time on informing professional women how to level up professionally. Yeah, of course. And, you know, one of the things that I do, um, I have started to talk a lot about is intrapreneurship. So, I mean, I obviously um, work full time and I also run a business full time. So I am an entrepreneur. And so I think that one of the things that I've learned um, is that like people think it's either or they think it's this or that. And there's a lot of adversary towards the world of work from entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of like like envy and um, and adversarial attitudes from the women who work to entrepreneurs it's like neither like it's like we can't coexist but Mm. I really like to tell women that like one you can be an entrepreneur so you can be entrepreneurial in your work and also you can do both I do both with ease I'm not burnt out I'm not exhausted um I do both with ease and and when I was early in my business before it was really making any money I was able to leverage my career and the great money I was making in my career to fund my business now my business makes enough money to stand on itself but I think too often people are like oh I want to be an entrepreneur do you like but girl you don't have no money you don't have no capital right. you don't have like what you working with right and so I really want to encourage women to also think about the fact that like there's an opportunity there's a difference between entrepreneurship and unemployed so just I want to make sure that you make a successful transition <laughs> um, because I think that too often women aren't thoughtful about that. So There you have it. For more information on this episode, please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com. And until next time, everyone, later. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. 
from breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.